0: Good afternoon boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out once again the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Boxing fans, a stacked weekend we have here ahead of us. Let me give a couple of uh Show updates here out of the way, Combat Talk Radio is going to be changing our site a little bit around, nothing major, but it's to unify the experience with Crypto Talk and Casual Talk so that everybody's talking the same language. Uh, The site's going to be a lot more evolved. All of our uh, episodes, both the YouTube side as well as the podcast side, are going to be in one place. You can reference all of our older content, especially as we start getting into some of these events where there's a lot of big names on the deck which this weekend has a lot of names on the deck. So without further ado, let's go ahead and crank through what we've got. This is going to be a while, so bear with me. And unfortunately, these guys are getting criticized on places like NSB and everything, and I, I'm sorry for that. I try to avoid it, but I have to talk some of that covered as well. Top building, of course, is the pound-for-pound pound king, and I don't care what anybody says. He is the pound-for-pound pound king. Canelo, Canelo! Canelo, he's he, all the belts... All the belts at 168. He's the unified champion. He's facing facing Baby Charlotte, Jamel Charlotte, who happens to be the unified champion at 154. Just a little bit of news about this one. So Jamel is going to be stripped. I'm pretty sure it's just the WBO. I don't know if he's going to be vacating the rest, but I know the WBO said they're they're going to let him walk out of there as the unified champion just for the marketing of it. But he's going to be stripped of the WBO title the moment he walks out, which I think is crap, but it is what it is. The it's being sold as a fight between two undisputed champions. You don't see this very much in history, and that's what Canelo's about. He's about making history. He's not about doing anything else other than making history. And he it seems like for him, money isn't a problem, but it seems like that's not his motivation. His motivation is doing things that other fighters either haven't done or aren't doing because he's done stuff that even Floyd Mayweather hasn't done, so he deserves his chops for this. This is at the T-Mobile Arena out in Vegas, and I'm thankful that I'm not out in Nevada, but, T-Mobile Arena out in Vegas, 12 rounds, of super middleweight action. It's a hell of a fight, and I talked about it briefly on last week's episode, but the big thing here is that Canelo Alvarez has slipped. He's visually slipped. He doesn't look like anywhere near the, the killer that he once did. Part of this, I think, is because of the weight, shifting weight up and down. Roy Jones had the same issue. A w- Winky Wright had the same issue. It's just when you shift weight at a rapid pace, that seems to affect you negatively. And multiple fighters have gone through it. But Canelo, he he's clearly on the decline. Now, I think Jermell Charlotte is the better of the two Charlotte brothers. I, honestly, I'm a big fan of Jermel. He goes out there. He works hard. He gets criticism because of Tony Harrison. But the thing is, he rematched it and got him out of there. And then unified the division. He deserves credit for this. And he doesn't get credit from places like NSB. And that is what it is. But Jermell Sharlow is the better brother. He's going to go out there. He's going to give it all, his all. Because he's got a statement he wants to make. And I think you're going to see a really good fight here. I'm going to enjoy it for as long as it lasts. It's hard to call this one because Canelo's fighting at his natural fighting weight of 168. It's not like a be-all situation, but Jermell Charlo is skilled enough that he could can give Canelo some problems. I don't see a knockout here, but it is possible that Canelo lands a bomb that gets Jermell out, out of there. I just think it's unlikely, but it is possible. Remember, Charlo's coming off an injury. He's coming off a layoff. So Charlo's the one that's at the disadvantage with respect to his recent history. But Canelo's coming off the disadvantage of the fact that he couldn't deal with Bival. So after dealing with not being able to deal with Bival, he fights John Ryder. Didn't look that good against John Ryder, but Canelo had to get back where Jamel did not. So to me, it's hard to call this one. This is on Showtime pay-per-view in the United States. Zone out in the UK. It's hard to pick this one. My gut leans towards Charlo just because I think Charlo is the fresher, though, coming off the layoff. I think he's a fresher fighter. I think he's a faster fighter. I don't think he's a stronger at all. I think he's a faster fighter. He's a fresher fighter. And I think he's got something to prove. And as long as he's been able to recover from his injury and he's been training like he's supposed to, you could see Charlo get his hand raised on this on this event. And I'm pretty sure all the belts are on the line for 168 because that would be huge. Charlotte Charlo jumps immediately, he'll have surpassed Canelo, or uh, Crawford rather, because he'll have jumped immediately from, you know, <laughs> completely undisputed at 154 to completely undisputed at 168. I don't know of anybody that's ever done that that I can think of in history. So that's huge for him. On the undercard of this event, 12 rounds of welterweight action. This fight's getting a lot of criticism. I briefly talked about it, but the return of Jordanius Ugas fighting Mario Barrios. And of course, Mario Barrios, the big criticism of the fight is that Barrios got knocked out by Tank Davis at the 135. People are like, how the hell is he up here at 140? 140. And he's competitive with these guys. He was competitive with Keith, Once Upon a Time Thurman. I expect him to be competitive against Ugas. If you looked at him in the face-off, Barrios looked the same size as, as Ugas. Ugas isn't a short guy. He's a tall guy. Very tall guy. And it turns out that Barrios is indeed taller than Jordanius Ugas. So that means it takes away Ugas' natural height advantage that he used to dominate Manny Pacquiao. Barrios actually has the reach advantage, which shocked me. I was like, I didn't, I didn't expect that, but he has the reach advantage. Barrios is the younger guy. Yordanius Ugas is coming off the eye injury that Spence laid on him. So this one's a big, this is a big one. And I don't think it's getting enough chops, but I, I would not be surprised to see Barrios get the W here. Ugas is, he is battle damaged, especially what happened with Spence. He is battle damaged. And so I, I'm leaning towards Barrios here. I know that Keith got him out, you know, with a decision, but I'm leaning towards Barrios. I think Barrios is coming off, a. he's riding off a high. He won his most recent fight. You know, by stoppage, I, I'm I'm leaning Barrios on this one, man. I my gut tells me Barrios can can pull this out. Most online agree with me. They think that Barrios could pull this out against Jordanus Ugas. And it'd be a huge statement to beat him, and Ugas might actually retire if that happens. So, I think let me let me analyze this one because I'm so intrigued by the style matchup. So Jordynas Ugas, the key with him is that he takes punches to give punches. He He's not afraid to take some shots, and he'll still throw back at you. But what we saw against Spence, once Spence started going and digging to the body, Danius just, he just covered up. He just stopped throwing, which I think was his downfall. I think he needed to still be aggressive, but that also is dangerous because the eye was getting tagged too. Well, if Barrios tags the eye, he attacks the eye, Barrios can cause enough damage to the eye where it might be a complete stoppage again on Ugas and that would be a huge statement because you got to consider again remember what I just said at the top of this Barrios was knocked out by Tank Davis at 135 and yet Thurman couldn't deal with him I don't think Ugas deals with him because Ugas is not a knockout artist he doesn't have significant power and Barrios he comes forward he comes after you so this is an intriguing fight stylistically speaking but it also it's like Barrios has a chance to really surprise some people and it, it, you got to give Tank his chops, man, because how, because Tank Davis was able to do that to this guy. And then it could have been that Mario Barros just was raw, right? And he was still in the growth pattern. That's possible. Or maybe he was draining himself to make the 135. You know, questions, right? Very intriguing fight. I love the fight. I like it a lot. Cody Crowley's calling out the winner. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens there. Undercard of the same event, 12 rounds of super welterweight action. Jesus Ramos fights Erickson Lubin, who's making his return. Lubin, of course, is coming off a dominant knockout that nobody expected him to get. Jesus Ramos, he's undefeated. He's on a streak. He's been dominant in every fight that I've seen him in. They're both southpaws. Lubin has the reach advantage. Lubin has the height advantage. However, Ramos is a very crafty fighter. I really enjoy watching Ramos fight. I think, I think, in my personal opinion, Lubin's going to get potentially stopped. And people are shocked. Lubin's got the experience edge. That's not dismissing that, and I'm not ignoring that. I'm saying that from a style perspective, from a skill perspective, from an energy perspective, I got Jesus Ramos possibly getting a stoppage on this one. I I could be wrong, but that's what my gut's telling me, that he could stop this guy. Now, if Lubin is crafty enough and he could stay away from the bombs that Jesus Ramos tends to throw, then it might go to a decision. I just don't see a Lubin win. If Lubin can take out Ramos... He will be right in the front of rebuilding his career after what happened against Fondora. So I'm I'm saying it's not that I'm not a Lubin fan. I like the guy. He seems a good dude. I'm saying that Ramos feels like a level above from what I saw. And I'm I'm leaning towards Ramos in this fight. But I'm risking it. I'm 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 cheering for both guys because I think that I think Lubin's a warrior. I think he goes out and he works hard, just like Ramos works hard. And I think it's gonna be a great fight for as long as that one lasts. I think it's a really good undercard fight. Same event, ten rounds of middleweight action. Elijah Garcia fighting closely Armando Resendiz. I had covered Resendiz on a previous fight. I like him a lot. Um, Garcia, I've seen him a couple times. Fight Southpaw. I like him as well. Uh, the, he's the taller guy. He undefeated. Resendiz has just the one loss, but Resendiz has been he's been decently good. I, I don't I don't regard the one loss as the end of his career. I think he's going to rebuild and come back stronger. And I I like. Both guys, so I want to be clear, I like both guys. I think both guys have an opportunity here to show the world that they're they're still here and that they're still solid, and I'm looking forward to what this one looks like. It's hard to call this one. Most people online think Garcia's going to win, and it's a wash. I don't know about that because Resendiz is solid. He's definitely solid, and he's got power, so I I don't think it's a wash. I think if Garcia wins this, he's going to have to work for it. That's my gut speaking now different different venue this is actually youtube only i don't know why but it's youtube only it might be one of those free ones and they decided just to broadcast it on stream which really pisses me off but because the people involved deserve better but whatever youtube it's it i believe it's the same event but it's youtube only so this is 10 rounds at light heavyweight action alexander vosdick fighting isaac rodriguez I, again, I, I think both guys deserve better, especially Vazdick with both guys. They deserve better than this, and I, I'm I'm pissed to see that happen to them. It means more eyes on them, but it means less of a pay. I guarantee you it's going to be less of a payday for them. And that's not fair because both of them have been warriors. They've gone out and given us some of the best fights that we've seen, and I, I'm dis- disappointed to see this happen. But in this fight, just from the numbers, I think Vazdick is going to completely destroy Rodriguez. That's my gut talking. Remember, Vazdik has only ever been even close to dominated by Betubjev. And so, it, it just, Vazdik's another level. I'm glad to see he came back and he didn't let that one loss derail his career. At the same time, he's in he's in his late 30s, mid to late 30s, and so, but, I, but with Rodriguez, I don't think he has a chance. I think that Rodriguez gets completely blitzed and taken out possibly in the mid-rounds is my guess. That's not dinging on Rodriguez. He's a good fighter. He has power. He's got experience edge, but Vosdick's another level in his energy and he seems like he's re-energized his career. Another YouTube fight, which this one should be YouTube. See, this is one that should be YouTube. Ten rounds of heavyweight action. Uh boring ass Frank Sanchez fighting Scott Alexander. And yes, this is indeed the same. This is the T Mobile Arena again, but it's just um it's only on the YouTube channel, which I think is crap. Absolutely crap. But for this fight, I'm cool with it because it's boring ass Frank Sanchez. We don't want him sticking the droid out. I think they just guessed that. They'll just put the crap fights on YouTube, whatever. There's no reason to even talk about this fight. Alexander's not going to have anything for boring-ass Frank Sanchez. I I I envision a boring masterclass from Frank Sanchez. He's just going to box at range, and then he might even get a knockout, believe it or not, because I don't think Alexander's going to have the energy to deal with Frank Sanchez. He's going to get frustrated, and he's going to either caught with something or just completely box for 12 rounds. It's a waste of a fight, in my opinion. Now, let's switch venues. So now we're on to Zone in both U.S. and U.K. 12 rounds of cruiserweight action. This is out in Wembley in the U.K. Jayo Pattaya makes his return. He's fighting Jordan Thompson. Jayo Pattaya, I'm a big fan of. I like the dude. Uh, Thompson is actually a really good fighter in his own right. Both guys are roughly about the, they're roughly about equivalent. I would give the edge a little bit to Thompson in terms of his build, you know, height and reach and everything. But they're roughly equivalent in terms of skill from what I can tell. Roughly equivalent in terms of how long they've been in the business, but Opatah has more rounds. You know, Opatah has gone the distance more than uh, Thompson. So I think the rounds in the books is going to be the differentiator. Jai Opatah is a very solid fighter, and Thompson's a solid fighter. This is not dinging either one. This is one where the rounds in the books, I think, will play in. I think the experience edge is going to lean towards Opatah just because Thompson has been knocking guys out. He So in order to really deal with Opatah, he'd have to either be able to knock him out, which I don't think he will, or he'd have to be, he's just really good and have to be equipped to go the distance, and I don't think he will because he hasn't, <laughs> or he infrequently has. I shouldn't say he hasn't. He did it like a couple times, but he hasn't done it like Obataya. I think experience edge leans towards opataya and I'm cheering both guys, but I think the experience is going to lean out to where is going to get, I think it's going to be a decision. I think it's going to go decision, or Thompson gets caught with something trying to come in and throw on again, Wembley. Ten rounds of super weight. This is women's action. We got Ellie Scottney fighting Laura Soledad Griefa. I don't know. I, I I know Scottney. I'm aware of her. I've not seen her fight recently, so I shouldn't say I don't know. I'm not aware of her in depth like that. Um, she's younger, significantly younger than Griefa. Griefa's been in the business since 2014-ish. I want to say way more experience does Griefa have. Griefa's not going to knock you out is just a she's she's a outbox type so is scotney scotney is not going to knock you out this is this is one of those i think is going to be it's rare but i think it's going to be one of those boring women's fights where it's just a boxing class on both sides that's going to stink out the joint that's my gut speaking they can go out there and swing for the fences i don't see it happening because neither girl from what i can tell you know goes after knockouts it seems like they're just going to box the box and box and box and if you like that that's cool but I, I think it's going to stink the joint out in my opinion. Scott D, I, I would be shocked if she couldn't win, but the experience edge for grief is going to play in. Same event, 10 rounds of cruiserweight action. We got Shavon Clark fighting Vasil Dukar. I, I'm i aware of Clark. I've not seen him fight. Uh, Dukar, I'm not aware of. Dukar is coming off three losses. This is a blatant mismatch. I'm disappointed to see this kind of a fight. I mean, it's the zone, but this is one of those fights that should be on the YouTube channel. You know, it's it just stream it to the world. YouTube don't charge whatever instead of locking it behind the description because it feels like a blatant mismatch that's designed to put Clark over. I don't, I don't have a problem with Clark getting those wins because he's on growth. He just debuted like last year or whatever. And I'm fine with that and he's trying to stay busy. So he's, he's already fought. I want to say six times already. He just debuted like last year. So he's trying to stay busy and this is a good, get busy, stay busy fight my criticism is having it on the zone where people got to pay to see this crap. That's my issue. One of the other big fights is a different venue. Now I don't even know if this is going to be televised. If it is, I don't know what the television is going to be. This is out in the Regnum Karya hotel out in Turkey. Uh, this one is t- 12 rounds of heavyweight action. Uh, so I'm pretty sure this is not going to be televised. Um, uh, Gajif, Murat Gajif makes his return and Otto all in Valen makes his return finally. And dude's been out of the ring for forever. Finally makes his return. I I like this fight. I think it's a really good fight for however long it lasts. Um, because I think it's gonna end in a knockout. I think Vallin's gonna get knocked out. I, I say that because Gashi's coming off a knockout streak. Four knockouts, just recent fights. I I and Vallen, is a distance, he's a distance fighter at at the core. He's a boxer, and so but Gajev will work to get you the hell out of there. So, And I think Valen, he's been inactive for so damn long. That's number one. He's, he's been busy, but I'm saying inactive at the upper level. This is an upper level fight for him. This is a high level fight for him. And I don't know that he's hes not been in at the upper level like this. We can't go off some of his other opinion, you know, opponents and say that it's going to be any kind of good. I, no. I, I think that there's a good chance Gajov gets a knockout on all in Valen. I could be wrong. South a Southpaw. That, that's going to play in. Uh, Volant has the reach advantage. That'll play in. Uh, Volant has the height advantage. That's going to play in. And Volant is riding off the streak of wins uh, of lesser fighters that may may or, not, may or may not play in. But they're roughly equivalent in terms of skill. I just think Gajim is he's crafty enough to possibly get you out of there. And that's my, I'm going to lean that way and stick with that. Most online, think it's 50-50. They think that it could go either way. I don't see that. Um, and that's not dismissing Valen. I just think that Vallin's riding off of a high of lesser opposition. Same event here. We got 10 rounds of super welterweight action. Oh, Fatih Kellis fighting Hussein Bansagirov. I don't know either guy. I've never heard of either guy. I don't want to do him any dis- disservice. I'll just cover the numbers only. It feels like they're roughly equivalent in skill. Feels like they're roughly equivalent on the books. Feels like it's a good matchup. It's a match very well. I think both guys are coming off losses. I believe that's the case. Uh, Kielas is off of, he's out of, he's out of Russia. But I think they're both coming off losses. I know that Basagyarov is coming off a loss. I think they're both coming off losses. But it's a good match fight. The, the numbers are roughly equivalent. The, you know, the number of rounds in the books is roughly the same. Um, Basalgurov is a knockout artist. That may have what's got him decision. Because if that's all he focuses on, that means that, Keyless has a chance to exploit that. But again, I don't want to call it outside of what I just said, because I don't know enough and I don't want to do him a disservice on that one. Now, different events, Sky Sports Arena in the UK. I don't think it's going to be broadcast in the U S if it is, it's probably going to be on the YouTube deal. My guess your call, uh, Bethnal Green in the UK, 10 rounds of lightweight women's action. Uh, Caroline Dubois fighting against Magali Rodriguez. Um, Caroline DeBuyde, I'm aware of, but haven't followed very closely. She just debuted this last year, so I haven't had a chance to see very much on her. Rodriguez, is she's she's been in the game a long time, but she hasn't fought a lot. Uh, I've I've watched a couple of her fights. She's it, it, She's been really inactive, and I think what happened was she had a really hot start, and then eventually she just kind of tapered off, and then she took some losses. She had some draws, if I recall. She had a lot of... She derailed and then she kind of slowed down. So this feels like again just like this other waste of a fight. It feels like one of those that's a stay busy fight for Dubois, which is fine, you know. And it's not televised, so I'm cool with it, right? Feels like a stay busy fight for Dubois for Dubois to get some more experience because she's been active, pretty active since uh, her debut last year. She's just she already has seven fights under the books, so. I don't think she's going to have an easy time with Rodriguez. I think that Rodriguez is going to give her a little bit of work, but I think she's going to get a knockout against uh, Rodriguez from what I saw. The last fight I saw, this again, is in the York Hall, Bethnal Green. 10 rounds of cruiserweight action. Vidal Riley fighting against Nathan Corliss. I like Vidal Riley. Of course, I'm a fan of his. I've seen him uh, on infrequent occasions fighting on undercards, and I I really like what I see. He's coming off a really strong streak. Corliss is undefeated. Now the thing that bothers me about Corliss, Quarles strikes me as he's not active enough. So he debuted—I want to say it's like six years ago, five six years ago. He has 12 fights, so he's just not active enough. When when you debut, you know you need to have a really high pace. You need to be fighting like at least three times a year. I remember like Rungvisai; the there was times he was fighting four times a year. You got to stay busy. You got to stay in there and stay at that level. He's only 28 years old, and I see. He just, I see inactivity from him. Now, I say that, and Riley has less fights in the same period of time. Riley debuted in 2018. He has only nine fights, if I recall. And then, of course, uh, Cordes has 12. So Cordes has more. So I, So these guys need to be more active. The difference on the Riley side, though, Riley feels like he, the reason that he's less active is because people don't, it's hard to match him. Like guys don't want to accept fights with him because of how dominant he is when he gets you out of there. That's what it feels like to me. Whereas with Corliss, it feels like he's just, you're talking paper records. You're talking setups. It just feels like he's just been protected and protection Oh O. now I say, I say that. And some people online are really big Corliss fans who feel like Corliss has a shot. I don't see it. I see Riley gets a knockout on this dude. That's not dismissing Gordas. I'm saying Riley is a level above because of skill. It's skill. It's it's not even experience. It's skill. I see a vast gap in skill on this deal. That's what we got on deck here. I will check in. I probably won't be able to check the fights this weekend, but I will check in afterwards on my thoughts on some of them. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday. So once a week in the Pacific time zone and then Lifeblood of Boxing Series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time and give to the sport. That's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering. For of Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments and we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it, and I will see you guys next week.